foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. Hi, this is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. Janie, as we begin our talk today about faith, we want to begin with the fact that faith needs time to grow. It's a process. Unlike salvation, which is a one-time decision, faith is a lifetime of decisions that build and grow. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-11 through 11, share the fruitful growth of faith. It says, giving all diligence to add to your faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. So an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, Sharon, you've said some very mighty words, of course, their life because they're coming from the scripture. But you are pointing out the emphasis that the spirit must do a work. Mm -hmm. And the spirit has told us countless times throughout the book that he wrote, which is the holy scriptures, that we need to be still and know the Lord, that we need to take time to be holy that we need to wait so that we can hear and not rush in where even angels fear to tread. And so we need to recognize that time is a gift to us so that we will learn how to wait on the Holy Spirit because it is the Holy Spirit who has to make the changes. And I think that's probably the hardest part for us, Janie, because we live in this society that is performance and production based and we struggle to wait on the Holy Spirit to make those changes or to wait on God to go through the process of being still and allowing him to mold us and shape us for his purpose. And the moment that we realize that we can only come to God as we yield present ourselves as we learn to abide and as we learn to rest in the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. There's just a few verses just as an example, Sharon. Okay. The Spirit says in Psalms 46:10, be still and know that I am God. He's a part of the Trinity. In Psalms 4 verses 4 and 5, it tells us not to be angry. That's not a choice. That's a command. A Do command. not be angry. John fifteen five tells us you can't do anything apart from the work of the Spirit that causes us to rest on the power of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Mm -hmm. And then Romans 12, 
that we have to renew our mind. Right. And then in Colossians 3, it tells us if you start to grab a hold of all of this, recognize your eternal creatures now, and you're to seek those things that are above. Right. And these right. are all basic principles of guidance of how our performance can be unto life, not unto self-achievement, which is going to result in death. Right. Now, Sharon, there is a person in the Bible that really commands great attention. And most people, if they've ever been in the Bible at all, know the name Moses. Mm -hmm. As we study the life of Moses, we recognize that for all of his great accolades that the Lord certainly gives him, and the Lord puts him in the uh, hall of fame for men of faith, but Moses had a severe problem that he never got on top of. Mm. He did not allow a certain aspect of his character to be dealt with. Let me guess. Was it anger? Oh. You've read the Bible, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he uh, didn't like what he saw happening to the people that he was giving his life for. So he just decided to kill one of them. Mm -hmm. At another point in time, he got so angry with the people because of their rebellion that he took the word of God on tablets and in his anger, he threw them to the ground. Mm -hmm. He struck the rock in anger instead of speaking to it like he was told. Mm -hmm. And Sharon, do you remember what the results were of that little endeavor? Yeah, he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. But we see that as because... He did that one thing. Could it be an accumulation of all of the anger outbursts that he had? I think that's a dead giveaway when we really study his life. However, you know, there is a little more detail into that striking the rock instead of speaking to the rock representing Christ. But that does say a lot about his character that he continually had those outbursts of, of wrath and anger that he never dealt with. Well, maybe we do need to back up just a minute on what you said and say that the reason why striking the rock was such an offense against God is because he had once before been told by God to strike the rock once, and that was to represent what God had done in paying the penalty for our sins. God said he took care of all that in a one-time act. Mm -hmm. And so when Moses got angry and decided to strike the rock in his anger, he was representing that the death of Jesus Christ was not sufficient. It was not complete. And that was an offense against a man of God supposedly representing God and turning around and doing the very opposite in his actions. Right. Well, you think about that, Janie. If we do that today, we just don't even think twice about it. Well, I know the scriptures say that I should be forgiving, but forgiveness is a process, and I don't really feel like it right now. And what's more obnoxious is, as Moses was basically impulsively doing, I have a right uh -huh. to be angry. Yeah, we don't even think twice about doing that now as believers. We, we just say it's all under grace. Well, God's grace forgives me, and God's grace does this, and God's grace does that, and we just trample it under our feet. 
grace doesn't take us out of trouble for our human life. Okay, right. Grace has always existed. Moses was under grace, but it didn't give him a smooth sailing. And it doesn't make, grace doesn't make the world feel kindly towards you. Moses was depressed and angry because the Lord was making him deal with all of God's troubled children. Mm -hmm. And Moses was angry that he was having to deal with it. And you know what? It doesn't stop the gossip and the wagging tongue. And Moses was having to listen to criticism to the point that they were wanting to kill Moses. Everybody was still under grace, but not everybody was getting to enjoy the benefit of grace because grace does not endorse flesh. Mm. Now that's hitting the target, Janie. Okay. Right. It doesn't go soft on human harshness. And grace does not destroy selfishness. We are accountable to deal with what the cross has done in relieving us from the bondage of slavery. But we must then choose to live in the freedom that we have been given. Grace doesn't change law and just turn it into grace. Wow. Law will always be law. And here is a one-liner that I like when people talk about Moses. I wish I could claim it as an origin, but I can't. But Moses became a murderer when he was wanting to be a missionary. Mm. And that's when he decided to kill somebody so that he could help his people be set free and go the right way. Right. And that is the level of deception that we can come to when we are trusting in ourselves through the good of our thinking via the soul rather than doing what you said earlier about waiting on the spirit for he is the only one that can give us truth and truly set us free so what i hear you saying is that moses had a heart to set his people free when they were in bondage and rather than waiting on the lord and the lord's time for that and seeking his face for direction in that, he just murdered someone. In his own strength, doing what he thought was best. In his flesh. And that's why we keep talking about how important it is to be still and know God, to be still and wait on God, to be still and grow in God, because it it takes the Holy Spirit working through us and God doing his work in us for the changes to take place in allowing our faith to grow. So Sharon, let's do a a quick comparison on how our lives must have in time while we're here. And that's really the God's method for true spiritual growth involves pain, as well as joy. It involves suffering as well as happiness. It involves failure, and usually much failure, as well as success. Because spiritual growth is a gradual process of going from death unto life, unto maturity, unto fulfillment, and preparing us for who we are to be forever 
in Him, the Lord Jesus Christ. For all of eternity. And that's why Mentoring Matters. Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hart's ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHarts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N-Hearts.org.